Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. I thank you all for joining us tonight. We got Jared. Sounds like you just joined us. Yeah, Uh, how's it going? It's going good. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate your support. And so, Jared, winners and losers, buddy. We'll start it off big. Okay, so before everybody else gets in, I have to say my winner is any person that loves video games because EA Sports said that they are coming back with a new college football video game. And it's the first one since 2014. Like, if you tried to buy, like, college – I looked the other day for NCAA football 2014, whether it's PS3 or Xbox or what it is. I mean, most of them go for, like, 100 bucks or more just for the fact that it's so rare now and it's the Seriously? last college game that was made. Yeah, so that makes me extremely happy hmm. that they're finally going to have a new college football game. So I can't wait to take the tops to multiple national championships and go to the SEC and dominate. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I will say EA EA Sports for me always gets a bad name because of like Star Wars Battlefronts and games like that where well yeah they basically did the pay for play kind of thing and it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can get Alex on here real quick. While we're uh, he said he was coming on right. I thought so. I did too. Okay. Um, Anyway, sorry about that. Um, they've got a bad rap for pay to play and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I don't know. I I'm very iffy when it comes to EA Sports because of that, but I am excited like you. I always liked the Dynasty and you know stuff like that, and it always made it so much more exciting um, playing that. But and you know, I hope and- they still have the I hope they still have the mascot games too. That way we can you can have an entire team of the big red go up against somebody. Yes, yes, that would be great. Um, so I guess I'll beat you to the punch and uh, just go ahead and throw out Tom Brady being in his millionth Super Bowl, as Patrick Mahomes put it. Which, by the way, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I think he's been to like a thousand. <laughs> I know. I, I had to get. I had to beat you to it because I knew you'd be very uh, uh, nauseous if you started talking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is how I'm looking <laughs> at Sunday with the Super Bowl. Is that I hope that if I really hope that Tampa Bay loses because I do love Tampa. I mean, I've done Bush Gardens. I've done, seen USF. I've done the aquarium and take boat rides out onto the bay. It's a beautiful place. I love Tampa. Beautiful beaches. Yes. But I can never cheer for Tom Brady. I, I can't. I mean, I'm all in on the Chiefs, but if Tampa Bay were to win, I hope that this is the last time I ever have to see Tom Brady play football because if he wins this game, it'll be the first time a team has not only played in their home stadium for a Super Bowl, but win. So, I mean, that's the perfect storybook ending. There's nothing else that you can prove. You just came to another team and another conference, 
and have won a Super Bowl. So just hang it up and get out before you hurt yourself. So if, the, if that's what I'm thinking, if Tampa Bay were to win, I hope it's the last time I ever have to see Tom Brady play football. <laughs> well, um, welcome in, Mr. Hilltopper. Uh, but anyway, um, for my opinion, as far as Tom Brady's concerned, he said he was going to play till he was, what, 42? Is that right? Well, I mean, he's already past that, isn't he? I don't know. I, he's like 42 honestly, or 43. Now he said he was going to play till he's 45, but you'd just be stupid to do that. I don't and think if he he'll wins be the Super Bowl. If he wins another Super Bowl, that's seven for him all time. So I think that's still enough to put you ahead of basically everyone for a very, very, very long period of time. Just, I agree. Just fade into the sunset. Enjoy retirement. Just stay in Florida and do whatever you want to do after you retire. So, I mean, just stop ruining my life. That's all I ask Tom Brady <laughs> if you're listening. Stop ruining my life. So would you be happy if Tom went to Miami? Absolutely not, because they were actually talking about that when he was a free agent of going to Miami. And, I mean, it's basically like picture someone that you've hated your entire life, and then all of a sudden they do something to try to help you. Like, what do you do? Because your, your instinct tells you that you shouldn't trust them no matter what happens. But at the same time, I mean, if they're offering you a good service and you know that it would be something that would help you, I mean... Maybe, but I mean, the bad outweighed the good, in my opinion. So, it sounds mean, like we got Alex on the line. Yo, how's hey, it going, buddy? Welcome back. Hey, man, it's good to be back, even if it's just for <clears throat> one week, just dealing with second shift, uh, working like my new job and everything. It's not technically new, but it's just a new profession ish. And it's good. It's just like, it's like I'm a kid again. Like, I keep getting my days and nights mixed up. Like, it's acceptable to pretty much just work, like, the afternoon going into, like, the mid-evening and then pretty much just sleeping all day. So, it's it's weird. But <laughs> we got some time off this week. So, it was just nice to just drop in, just uh, get back together on the podcast, make an appearance. Yeah. Like I said, even though if it's only for like a week or so, it's still great. Always great. I mean, yeah. I, I feel you, yeah, Alex. Really. I mean, I got off of work at 1130 last night, so I know what that's like. Man, imagine the commute coming back home, though. Oh, it's easy. Outside of Nashville, there's nobody. It's just <laughs> semi-trucks. Which is amazing, but it's also depressing because like, once you get off like 1130 or midnight, every almost everything's closed. Like, the gas stations are open and stuff mostly everybody that you talk to is sleep. So it's like you just get to come home and then be like, okay, what do I do until tomorrow? Like yeah. uh, actual same adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother used to work second shift. My dad worked in a factory for several years. And, you know, I think the worst thing for him was like swing shift. So, like, you would go from, like, first to second to third, you know, stuff kind of like that. Um, but I just, honestly, like, third shift is the one that I don't think I could do. Yeah. Like, I, working from midnight to, like, yeah. what, eight, and then you have to sleep. I couldn't do that. Unless yeah. it's, like, something menial, like a desk job or transport even. Like, that's pretty much it because – you're basically in the dead of night going into the morning. So it's like nothing goes on except what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it seems weird to me, you know, 
Uh, but you know, I mean, people do it, and you know, I tip my hat to you. I'll give you that. Um, speaking of tipping our hat, uh, looks like Mr. Hilltopper uh, does have COVID. Um, oh, no. Prayers oh. to you, buddy. Um, I'm hoping that you uh, start feeling a little bit better. Um, what you tested last Thursday, I do believe. Um, so you've still got at least another week. Yeah, Sunday's week. Um, That's exactly how it was for me, man. I hope you have a mild case of it like I did too. So did I. So do I. Like, it was not fun with the mild case. And just the after effects are very, very critical, like, once you recover, because you could go from having breathing problems or just something simple as just being easily exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean... And from everything I've ever heard from anybody else, um, it's just, it just, you're, the fatigue is the worst part, as far as I've heard. You know, you just don't even feel like getting out of bed. You just want to lay there. You don't want to do anything. Um, but I digress. Anyway, so we're talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Alex, what are your thoughts uh, going into the Super Bowl on Sunday? It should be a good game even though the Titans fan in me is just disappointed with how things the AFC kind of turned. Like we knew that the Chiefs were going to have somewhat of an easy road going into the Super Bowl, which makes a lot of sense, but it's just frustrating. Like, I mean, just being one of the teams that didn't go as far as we did, but it shows that things are in the right direction post Patriots thing. It's like, the Bills are coming back into play. The Dolphins are on their way up. So it's like all the traditional powerhouses are done. It's like basically next team up. If you got it this year, go ahead. As for the Buccaneers, it's just weird like acknowledging them as the home team, <laughs> even though the Super Bowl is literally at Raymond James Stadium. It's just like it's like you're playing Madden, basically. Like yeah. as a kid, you would automatically set the home stadium to whoever won the Super Bowl last. And it's just weird. I mean, (laughs) hopefully if Brady does win, he's done. Like, just retire. Like, I agree with what Jared said. Just retire in the sunset. I mean, it's nice to watch a dynasty go in front of your very own eyes. But at the same time, it gets pretty old. It's like you've already done a lot that probably will never happen in another lifetime. So it's like. Dude, you already proved so much. Just retire in the sunset. Be a coach in like five years. I mean, but it could go either know, way. So, I think, but I am pretty I excited that. Into, I think Brady's going to go into uh, sports casting. Honestly, I could definitely see but that. Go ahead, sorry, Alex. Alex, go I'd ahead. Love to see you're good. Disappear. You're good. But I'm also <laughs> excited to see that uh, Deion Yelder, former Hilltopper. Oh, one of our beloved pro tops is on the active roster for the Super Bowl. So it's just awesome to see someone who played for the university, former alumni, just not only win a Super Bowl, but go into the next year playing the same exact championship game. It's just awesome. So I tell my hat to Dion. Honestly, I, I love Dion Yelder was one of my favorite parts of that Brahms, you know, Sanford era. Uh, those teams, and for him to make it to the Super Bowl, I think it's awesome. I'm completely behind him and the Chiefs. I mean, honestly, as a Packers fan, I am backing the Chiefs as far as that's concerned. 
Uh, but we'll. Uh, but as far as game predictions, I'm going to probably say that Tom's probably going to win. I mean, the and as, I don't really think he's that big of an influence. I think it's the the Buccaneers defense that's going to make the game. But uh, Jared, what are your uh, what's your thoughts on the game as far as uh, outcomes? Well, usually whenever I pick the team that I want to win, they lose. So I'm going to choose the Bucks by 80. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Hey, that works for me. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts, buddy? I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. It'll be somewhat of a 38-35 game. I feel like both defenses are going to – Established the first half and then the second half is just going to be nothing but Brady and Mahomes back to back. Just the typical gunslinging game that you would expect for both of them. And it's going to go down to like one of the most wackiest final plays, like a Malcolm Butler interception or David Tyree catch or just something along the line. So it won't be in vain. Yeah, I don't, I, I think you're right there as far as that's concerned. I, um, uh... I know I got a lot of beeping going on. I apologize. Um, there we go. Um, so Mr. Hilltopper says the, the video game Sims called the game Chiefs 37-27. Um, I'm not buying that. Sorry. I think Brady is a uh, – I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think his age is going to play a lot into that. He's never been the fastest uh, as far as scrambling is concerned, but he's always been a, been a, a very smart quarterback. Um, and I'm speaking completely analytically, Jared. I'm not trying to puff him up or anything, but um, I think that he is. Um, uh, I think I think Brady is a very smart quarterback, and I think he's got a lot of pocket presence, and I think he'll be a good uh, Super Bowl quarterback as far as that's concerned. Um, and for what it's worth, the Chiefs beat the Bucks in the regular season this year by three points. So, I mean, you can do hey, so, an assault. Hmm. So rematch, all right. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, uh, Mr. Hilltopper said he's the best. Uh, he is easily the best game manager, and I agree. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he's never really had the best targets. I mean, there's several Super Bowls where it looks like they went to Lowe's and picked up players. I mean, just, I mean, honestly, that's my thought. Uh, <laughs> You know, they just – it looks like – I mean, okay, Julian Edelman. Like, that year he had that beard that hung down, like, past his belly button. Like, how many people thought he was Amish? I mean, that's just me. I'm just yeah. like, really? <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, of course, Julian Edelman is an incredible athlete, but he really wasn't, like, wide receiver material, in my opinion. Like, he's not, I mean, like, what I would think of as a typical wide receiver in the pros. Well, you see how the Patriots have looked since Brady's been gone. So, I mean, that's all you yeah. really need to see. Which <laughs> I am glad mean. that he – I am glad that the Patriots are terrible now. I, I will enjoy that. But I don't know once how Brady long is Belichick gone, I will enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know how long Belichick's going to be terrible, but I give you that. Because I feel I will like say, he's going to do anything. I will say this, though. I feel like – Brady's Buccaneers team might be one of the most talented teams that he's actually had in like recent memory. Just because the formula of like Brady's championship runs is just Brady, you have a two running back system, and then basically outside of Julian Edelman, Nanny Amendola, Deion Branch, Randy Moss, just literally Lowe's 
parking lot receivers. Like they're not <laughs> the most known, but somehow they end up making the best plays and doing what they need to do. In terms of defense, like other than the Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel years, this is one of the talented defenses that he's actually had on a roster. So, I mean, it's looking like the perfect setup. It's like, okay, it's like all the chips are cashed in for this game on the Buccaneer side. Yeah. Um, and, of course, my thing is, is with like you were talking about with Brady, Brady really pulled a LeBron. And he'd he pull the players and did whatever. It's kind of like Jared and I were talking about last week. I mean, he pulled Antonio Brown. He got Gronk. I mean, it was almost like it was almost like an Ocean's movie, like Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's, you know, whatever. Uh, because like he, it was almost like I could picture him and Gronk just going around to people and being like, "Hey, you want to play football for Tampa?" Well, what took you so long? You know, and it's like, you know, that's just that's yeah, that's how the that's how it all played out when he went to talk to Antonio Brown in my mind. Uh, but yeah, I think it I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Mr. Hilltopper said that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted Green Bay to be like. Yeah, I agree. There's okay. I want to talk about a Green Bay from a Packers fan perspective, um, just for a couple seconds here. Because it happens to us every year. Either we make we'll make the playoffs most of the time. Because the NFC North is trash. No offense uh, to anybody who's a NFC North fan other than the Packers. They're trash. The Packers will make it. They usually get in, don't have an issue. We get to the NFC championship game and they always lose. Plain and simple. That's how it's been this century. Um <laughs> so it's like the NFC version of the Chargers. Yeah. Like Basically, if the Chargers would make sense, because they have like one good year, they make it to like the division or the conference championship round, and then it just does not go in their favor. Same way with the Colts, if that makes sense. No, you're even right. like I mean, the completely the Bengals too. Back when they had Andy Dalton, I mean, they would get to the playoffs but lose every single time for like six years straight. Yeah, um, and that's that's my frustration with the Packers. It's like you know. I've talked to family and they're like, well, how's the Packers doing? Are they going to do anything this year? No, they're going to go to the NFC championship game and they'll lose. And then everybody will be happy with that. And then it's fine. And it's like, it's because they enjoy uh, drafted Justin Love or Jordan Love instead of a wide receiver to help Rogers. I mean, that's just, stupid. I honestly like, and that, that was the, the frustration for me several years back when they had, um, what was that guy's name? Um, big old running back. I cannot think of his name. Um, oh, Trent Richardson. No, it wasn't Trent. That was a, he was at the Colts, wasn't he? Or did he end up at Green Bay too? I thought he did. You may be right, but it was um, I cannot think of his name. It's Eddie something. Um, Eddie Lacy. Yes, Lacy. Good call. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Eddie Lacy was when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Um, Eddie Lacy was a superstar. He was basically carrying the team, and then when Aaron Rodgers came back, it just got shot. You know, he was he was just I mean, not to be not to be rude or anything, but he was kind of useless in the system because Rogers was so, you know, built up on that um, as being the pocket quarterback and not being able to use the running back. And Lacey really wasn't a, a running back that comes out of the backfield. But I digress. So talking about sports. Go ahead. I was going to say one last Protops thing is that Higby's going to have a new quarterback with Matt Stafford coming to L.A. because that was the biggest blockbuster trade so far 
was uh, the Rams and Lions trading quarterbacks. So Jared Goff is going to be in Detroit now. I feel bad for him. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here's a fun <laughs> fact that I did not know. So bef- uh, before 1957, uh, they have the Detroit Lions have been in more playoffs since 1957. Hmm. So think about that one more time. So before that, they've got in several uh, playoff games. After that, they've been in one. Dang! Not yeah. to mention they did not. Uh, the last time they won a playoff game was like 1990 ish, like 89, 90. Like it's been a while since they yeah. had any postseason success, and really. Since then, they've only been in the postseason like maybe four times and haven't even won a postseason game. Like, it's all wild card. Even that one year they were in the divisional title, like they went 11 and five and then pretty much just did not make it past the second round. Yeah. Now, here's the funny thing um, I did hear that they are letting healthcare professionals into the Super Bowl into the, to watch the game. And I think there's so many tickets they're letting them do. Um, the twist is is that it's a good thing they're doing that because the, the quarterback uh, for Tom uh, for the Bucks is uh, actually a COVID uh, going to be risk factor for COVID. So because <laughs> he's in the higher age bracket, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, sorry, I butchered that all to pieces. But anyway, uh, so uh, looks like we had some soccer. Lady Tops played against Lipscomb and won. Their exhibition game, one nothing. That's a good job, Lady Tops. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher her name. Her name is uh, Duodono. Uh, she earns back-to-back Conference USA Setter of the Week for volleyball. Congratulations there. Volleyball. Let's see. Let me get a couple scores for them. They won against Evansville three zero. They beat St. Louis three zero. Uh, and I think that's all the other Hilltopper sports stuff. Uh, yes, yes. Um, let's see here. So, Lady Tops. Uh, did they play Charlotte? Is that right? I guess yes. they made a Charlotte game. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning both games. And the cool thing with the first one is that it went into triple overtime. Oh, my God. And the Lady, the lady Tops had, I think it was Reneem that made it. It was it's one of those uh, awesome Egyptian girls. Uh, they had a game-winning shot to win it in triple overtime, and it actually ended up being number five on the ESPN top ten for Sports Center uh, that day. So that's always nice. Yeah, it was one hundred to ninety-nine on uh, what day was that? That was January 29th. Uh, and I mean, like Jared said, they went into three overtimes. Both those, all three of those overtimes. Like if you look at the game flow on ESPN. It's just neck and neck. It looks like a Christmas, you know, garland or whatever. Just back and forth. Red, green, red, green, red, green. I mean, that is crazy. Um, and then, of course, they played on the 30th as well. And uh, it's a ba- it's basically the same story, but they did not go into overtime. Uh, looks like uh, Eldegawe did awesome. She got 26 points in the first game. She got 20 points in this game. Uh, five of eight for free throws. I mean... She is shooting like an Egyptian. Um, she's 41% from the field. Uh, or we were 41% from the field, I'm sorry. Uh, 19% from three-point land. And, of course, Charlotte had 15%. So, at least we were doing better there. Um, I would say that our turnovers was a factor a little bit in that game. We had 16 and they had 12. 
and uh, they had one more rebound than us. But overall, I mean, hey, a win's a win. I'll take it every day of the week. Uh, Alex, what do you think? I think that the difference was Renee being able to come back to the States, being able to clear it through COVID protocol, just return to the team, like has made a significant difference in how not only the Lady Tops will play, but just how things are starting to trend. They're starting to win more games. And with the rest of the schedule that they have, like just like the men's, they got Florida Atlantic. Only difference is I want to say the series is at home. Since one on the road? Well, Florida Atlantic is uh, kind of in the gutter right now as far as women's is concerned. So, yeah, so it should be that. a yeah, it should be a very easy series for the Lady Tops to win both games. Then afterwards, they have Rice back to back, and then North Texas back to back, along it, with it, FIU. It's going to be FAU at home, Rice at Rice, North Texas at home, and then back to FIU. Well, I shouldn't say back, I guess, at FIU. Um, and, of course, those last four games are still two TBD, so I don't know if they're looking for some TV coverage or what the deal is there. So I think they play also like they've been playing more than the boys because the boys really haven't played in like a week and a half, almost two weeks now. With yeah, I think women's, it's more consistent. Well, the problem with men's right now is with uh, ODU. Because of the ODU postponement, um, but the last game they played was MTSU, and that was on January twenty fourth. So let me look at my handy dandy calendar here. Uh, that was a Sunday, so yeah, they that was they, when I was free from quarantine. Yes, um, and they don't play till the fifth, which is Friday. So that will put them almost. Almost two weeks, basically like two days shy of two weeks. So this that's that's what worries me. Is well, not having an actual game. I think that that could be a double edged sword. I mean, it could be good or be really bad because I mean, I think Bassey really deserves a break because he's literally been carrying the entire team on his back. But at yeah. the same time, I don't know if that's going to help people like Hollingsworth or the players like that, like him that were kind of struggling a little bit to find themselves. So I, I don't know how the rest of the team is going to look without playing a game in that period of time. I feel like that they could show up and look completely cold against FAU first game, but I really hope that they don't because, I mean – Losing a game against FAU would basically be the nail in the coffin of any at-large chance that they have. Because, I mean, they, if they lose to, like, a North Texas or maybe someone like that, that's not as bad. But, I mean, you can't drop one to FAU. I mean, they're not a good team. I mean, they basically play in a high school gym, and that was pre-COVID. They would maybe have a 1,000 fans. So... We need to handle business regardless. Uh, I just hope that they're fully rested, but they've still been able to get shots up because, I mean, it's not like they were burning the woods off actually shooting the ball anyways. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Throwing some shade at Florida Atlantic. I like it. Um, It's true, though. They literally play in a high school gym, essentially. I mean, the one in Franklin is almost the same size as that. I mean, come on. I mean, there's like – Several in Indiana that hold over 7,000 people, and that one's capacity maybe like 2,000. Not to throw more shade, not to throw more shade, but isn't that typically most of Conference USA anyway is just playing in like a basic high school gym? Well, I mean, both of the Florida schools don't really have good 
basketball facilities. I mean, the FIU's court is still one of the weirdest looking ones anyways with all the palm trees and ocean scenes on the court. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know UTSA's is not the best, I mean, as far as capacity. I mean, the only good ones are really, like, UTEP. I mean, that's, like, a top-notch facility. I mean, they've won a national championship historically. I mean, they have a lot more money than some other places in conference would. But, I mean, the weirdest one I still think is Southern Miss. It's, just, it's too circular for me. And it's just like, it looks like it would be good for, like, a monster truck derby or something like that, but not college basketball. That's funny. <laughs> That would be that would actually be really interesting if they yeah they're like hey how much time has this game got left oh well they're you know they're fixing to finish it up now good because we got to get ready for the monster truck rally that comes in here at night. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, you know, yeah, FAU. Now the reason, in case people are wondering, the reason we're worried about FAU coming in and stealing one from us is because it's already happened once. Yeah. When West, well, I say it happened once. Um, the only game that we've really split was with Charlotte, and we didn't really have a break before that, except um, we had the Little Rock-Arkansas game that was dropped right after West Virginia, and then we lost uh, – we would lost West Virginia, and then we lost to Louisville. Um, so – and then we had that two-week break, and we played Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils. Whew, it's a mouthful. And um, – mm-hmm. We basically went on a winning streak until we lost to Charlotte. We split with them. Um, but I, I think this team could have everything together. I think they could do well. Um, currently, we are actually in the driver's seat for the East. We're 6-2 and two right now. 13-4 yeah. and four in conference. Uh, Florida Atlantic is two games out. S- Middle is five games out. And Florida International is five games out. Um, and then, of course, what we got Rice and North Texas. Um, Only two teams from the East were able to play last weekend because uh, Western, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Charlotte all had to cancel, I think. Well, that's in Alex. No, no, it was FAU. It was FAU. Sorry. It was, yeah. It was was Western, Old Dominion, uh, FAU, and Marshall. Like, so both of those matchups were canceled. But, and that's my thing is, too, is I think a lot of people were waiting for a miracle. Uh, for Todd to, you know, find some scheduling thing and it just wasn't going to happen. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I heard rumors, but I knew that it wouldn't happen anyways. I mean, yeah. to whoever tried to tell me until I know it didn't end up working out for multiple reasons, but I knew that, that nothing would happen. Well, and of course, um, yeah, and we did split with Law Tech too. Uh, Mr. Hilltoppers keeping me updated, uh, keeping me on the right track. Um, of course, if you're looking at Side-by-side comparisons with the East and West and Conference USA, UAB is actually technically leading the conference. They're 14-2 and overall, 7-1 uh, and one conference play, and we're, of course, we're 6-2. and two. So we've actually played just as many games as they have. Uh, we've played one more overall game than they have. Um, and we've played a lot tougher of a schedule than they have, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that could be, that could be a factor. I, st- I still think yeah. that UAB... I think that the Blazers are frauds. Like I put in my Conference USA article today talking about it. I think Louisiana Tech has maybe as good of a shot of anybody of winning the West because they have almost the same record that we do, and they have matchups with North Texas and UAB coming up the next two weeks. So, I mean, even if they split those, I mean, that could put them in really good shape. But if they were to sweep UAB and split North Texas, that would put them in the top, honestly. I was going to say, I mean – 
if they if UAB is a paper dragon, uh, then um, I mean LaTeX could actually swing in there and actually do something. Um, uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. It just depends on what side of the curtain we fall on as far as uh, conference play is concerned. I also uh, feel like Louisiana Tech may be the team that we're going to end up playing against for all the marbles in the conference. Like, aside from having the same type of record, of course, they're kind of in the same boat. Like, they've, even though we're talented in the East, they take advantage of a very, very, very slim West division. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can, I can agree with that. Um, and they're the only team that I feel like in the conference-wise that gave us the most trouble. Like, we ended up splitting with them, a series that could have been easily swept. Like, it just shows, like, okay, like, this is going to be a team that we're going to end up playing a third, maybe fourth time. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and, of course, you've got three teams that are sitting at four games out with Rice, UTEP, and UTSA. And then, of course, um, Southern Miss is sitting at five games out. Um, and of course you've got law tech and North Texas at one game out. So if law tech actually finishes out their season, um, beating North Texas and UAB, of course they got middle and rice. The last four games should be, should be cake for them. Um, but these next four games are going to be crucial for them. Um, uh, sorry. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting some messages in on the uh, on our podcast. I'm just trying to catch up here. Um, but yeah, Western's. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think the East is a lot stronger than the West, and I think Western's got a good shot as far as I'm looking at here as to making the dance. Um, I don't. I, if if we can make where we're projected at 12, I think that'd be great. If we could get a 12 seed tournament, I think, it, I think we can make it a couple rounds in. I, I don't even care for a 16 seed again. I just want to get back in the NCAA tournament because I feel like there's going to be that monkey on Stansberry's back as long as he's the coach. If he can't get us into the tournament, people are going to get more antsy and be like, well, just recruiting as good as it is. If you can't get in the NCAA tournament, what's the point? I mean, even in this year with the COVID age, like, regardless, that's still an accomplishment within itself because once you look at bracketology, and see how things are going to turn out for the tournament. Realistically, it's going to be more mid-majors than it has been in like the past maybe 20 years because this isn't a season for the Blue Buds at all. UK is not going to probably make it. Duke's probably not going to make it. Michigan State's probably not going to make it. So there goes a few of your powerhouses. So it just makes for the mid-level Power 5 schools and mid-majors just battling it out. So it's kind of the perfect situation right now. I think you're right. I, I think this is a good Cinderella year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and the thing is, is I don't know if um, necessarily if it's because of COVID that they're having issues or you know what the deal is. I don't uh, know. I mean, Duke and North Carolina played this weekend, and they're neither neither of them are ranked. So it's just like a very average rivalry whenever you take away the rankings and all the implications. It's just very generic. Yeah, I was going to say, who really cares at that point, right? You know, right. It's like, like you're, it's like you're watching football, like Duke versus North Carolina. It's like, 
Okay. Like, yeah. it's up to that extreme, but it's on a Saturday night. So, okay, it's like, all right, this may be good. It doesn't mean that Duke's going to make a Cinderella year. Technically, if they win the conference championship. Okay, here's the term. Technically, if a Blue Blood, for example, makes the conference championship, wins it out, they may be their only shot of getting into the tournament. They ended up going to win the whole thing. Wouldn't you write that off as just like an average year for them or a Cinderella? Yeah, I was going to say, is there an asterisk there? or uh, You know, it's just like, okay. You know, do you put an asterisk and say, well, it was a COVID year, so not everybody was doing very well. Or, uh, But anyway, I digress. Uh, Jared, so how do you, how, what, are you, what are your predictions as far as the tournament's concerned? The NCAA At tournament? this point, yes. Well, let's go Conference USA, then we'll talk NCAA. Well, I mean, I still don't know what's happening with Conference. I don't know if they're just doing it like football, that the winner of the East plays the West. I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not trying to actually figure out what happens, because usually by the time that they say what's going to happen, someone has to cancel, and therefore they just have to just scratch everything anyways. You just kind of have to do that with these times that we're living in. But, I mean, I feel, I feel like we will be the representative for the East. I still think that the West is between UAB, North Texas, and La Tech. And depending on what happens even this weekend, if La Tech were to sweep North Texas, that could put them ahead. If the opposite were to happen, obviously North Texas would be able to get closer to first. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I kind of want UAB just because it's always a really good matchup. And also, we haven't played them at all. Like, we will be playing North Texas. We have already played Louisiana Tech. So, I feel like the less we play a team, the better it could work in our favor. So, I mean, I I think it would be good if it was Western versus UAB for the championship. I just hope that we would have enough in us to actually win a conference title game for once. And if we do that, then go to Indiana. And I would love to see us play in Hickle Field House as far as, like, who we might play with that 12 seed, if that's as high that we could think we could get. It'll be interesting. So uh, I mean, with our resume, go ahead. No, you're fine. I actually got an update. Uh, Sam, uh, who's been on the show before, just posted that the Blazers are going to be playing Rust College. That's an that's easy from, win. And that's from their official uh, UAB men's basketball uh, Twitter account. Interesting. Uh, um, go, and all I have I don't to say know, is go Rust College. Yeah, I know, right? So they're, yeah. supposed to play, they're supposed to play Rust College on February 16th, which looking at their schedule is between Law Tech and ODU. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't know anything they, about Rust College see, or anything. It'll be interesting to see how UAB finishes up the month of February because they're going to be playing all of the harder teams that they've been able to avoid up to this point. Like, they've had a nice little cakewalk up to this point. I mean, their two losses are to Charlotte and to Chattanooga. So, I mean, I feel like that La Tech or North Texas could beat the rails off of them. I mean, especially the way they played middle this past weekend, too. They were down most of the game, and they were able to make a run into like the last five minutes of the game to be able to win. And they played them a lot closer than we did. So, I mean, I don't know. I still think UAB is fake, and that I would love to see them fake it long enough to get into the title game, and then then that's when we expose them for the frauds that they are and get a conference title. <laughs> 
so much animosity there. So much animosity towards UAB. We need um, to have an actual rivalry with UAB because it would be it would be up there for sure. I think so. I mean, their fans actually care as far as you know, football and basketball are concerned, which And is... they talk a lot of smack on Twitter too, so yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean any team any team or fan base that can actually make a university reverse its decision on a sports team like their football team is that amazes me to no end, honestly. Yeah. Like oh, I respect yeah. them for that. And I do respect them, but I remember it was one of their prestigious alumni. God, I can't remember her name. She's the Egyptologist or whatever, and she's like studies stuff from like satellites. And she was the one explaining <laughs> how to like over like topple an obelisk during all of the riots last summer. Like I remember one time she quote tweeted me because I said something about UAB on the towel rack, and she was trying to throw shade back. So that kind of gives you the, how deep that runs into them. Like even some of their more prestigious alumni will still engage into Twitter wars with you. Sarah Parkak? Yes, that's her. <laughs> I literally just Googled UAB Egyptologist. And that's yeah, who that's popped her. up. So there you go. So throw some shade toward her. Boo, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I don't have anything else. Uh, anyway, so we got <laughs> FAU this weekend. Um and FAU, like we've been saying, FAU is kind of bottom of the barrel as far as uh, as far as uh, Conference USA East is concerned. But we don't need them to come in and steal one. We need to get these easy wins, um, and of course, come in and beat Rice. And then, of course, North Texas is probably going to be our our next challenge as far as a higher ranked Conference USA team. And then, of course, FIU uh, needs to be a uh, prep for the Conference USA tournament. Or Conference USA Championship, you know, I don't really know. Like Jared was saying, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I don't Just know do if they're going to do pods. Do what? Do rock paper scissors for it. I want somebody who's good at it. Then <laughs> Charles Bassett. Somebody good at rock. Yeah, get somebody good at rock paper scissors before before we decide that. Because um, I'm going to be screaming two out of three before we even throw it. Um, but, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you do this with the COVID concerns and, you know, all that other, those issues that are coming up with this, because if you do the pods thing, then I'm going to say East and West, it's going to be UAB as, as far as this is concerned, UAB, North Texas, and us in Old Dominion, which I really don't know if Old Dominion should even be in the conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't even seen them play this year. I mean, they've won against some decent competition, but also at the same time, I feel like that... Well, I mean, just traditionally, we always have issues against Old Dominion. So I would rather it be Marshall than Old Dominion, if you want my honest opinion, because the way that they run their zone offense is that Old Dominion would have us shoot a bunch of threes, and what do you know? We don't make most of them. Uh, either if Frampton is shooting well, then I think feel like we would have a good chance. But who else besides him is going to step up and make a bunch of shots like that? I don't know. So I feel like it would just be better to play Marshall again. I'd rather do that than play Old Dominion in their slow down Virginia offense. Yeah, and that is the most boring thing to watch ever. It sounds bad, but I'm kind of glad that game got canceled just because of the sleepy, boring. Virginia offense they like or defense they like to run. 
Charlotte? I feel like it would have helped us a lot, though. Oh, I it would have. And I'm honestly day. yawning just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, <it's just> <laughs> Although, <laughs> I mean, the woes may go towards Marshall and Old Dominion. I feel like Charlotte may be in the East pod with us. Like, they already got a five and three conference record. They've been winning consistently. Like, they've won three in a row. So, I feel like if anybody can topple, like, the Marshalls and the old Dominions when it comes to pod play, Charlotte would be more feasible just because it's like, it's not really bottom of the barrel, but it's not middle of the road either. So it's like... And they're the only team that's beaten the top two teams in Conference USA too. They beat UAB and us, so... Yeah. That's that definitely more feasible. That's true. I, I hadn't thought of that yet, but... Um, so... This is off the cuff, so forgive me if I'm shooting from the hip here. What is some of your favorite Super Bowl commercials all time? Oh uh, man! <laughs> man. All right, so I'll, I'll I'll go first. I think one of my favorites um, from the recent years is probably the Doritos commercial with the baby, mm-hmm. where they're doing the ultrasound. Oh yeah, and he's kind of waving the chip back and forth, and the kid pops out. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I um, Alex, do you have one on that you've got on uh, that you're thinking about right now? Yes, I'm just gonna go with one of the most basic ones ever because it just ties well into my childhood memories. The Budweiser commercials. I've even got a chance to, when I was a kid, go up to St. Louis and tour the Budweiser brewery plant, which I highly recommend. Like, it's actually a good time. Just picture huh. the Coca Cola factory, except you get the sample beer but it always ranged from like the old school commercials from like the 90s with the Budweiser frogs going Budweiser to uh the Clydesdales love the Clydesdale commercials oh my gosh yes the Clydesdales were always awesome I'm a little Um, bit sad that they're actually I don't know if y'all seen this but Budweiser's not gonna run any ad like this year's Super Bowl instead they're just going to donate money towards the COVID fight which is Great, like much respect to them. It's just hey, all nostalgic. Yes, so it's that. like it's good. So I feel like a lot of traditional Super Bowl commercial giants aren't going to have an ad this year, just because I mean, with all things considered, it's like the money that go- draws off the revenue for the ads anyway. It's like it's going to go towards going towards the frontline workers, just making sure that everyone is properly educated about COVID and stuff. So it's very admirable. Hey, I, I like, yeah, completely agree. I think that's awesome. Um, but I think Alex, we have to explain to Jared, there used to be this commercial with these frogs back in the day. Cause no, actually, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, uh, Budweiser does some pretty good commercials. Um, I think the most, uh, saddest i think or i don't even know how to was the budweiser commercial post 9 11 oh yeah i remember that i i I remember that like i actually gotta look that up later now like it's been forever but i do remember to add yeah that's uh for those of you who don't know go ahead and look that up on youtube after the show it's it's great 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 also, whenever y'all get anybody gets a chance, there's one of my favorite documentaries that goes in Super Bowl week. And this was pretty much in the era that 9-11 just happened. Like, 
afterwards, the first Super Bowl, and U2 was selected as the musical guest and by far one of my favorite performances in Super Bowl history is just like it was that unifying and that powerful. Yeah, and it, the documentary just went in depth of like how they prepared for the concert, just the events leading up to it, and then just like an in depth look of Bono and Edge and everybody in YouTube just doing the concert. Yeah, there was one. Well, I think it was a bunch of interviews. My, still, my favorite halftime Super Bowl performance was Prince in Miami. And yes, that, that is too. iconic. And I remember the, hearing interviews with some of the sound and tech people that worked that event, how they wanted Prince to use tracks for his guitar parts so bad just for the fact that it was raining and they thought that his equipment would cut out. And he was like, no, nah, man, we're doing this and we're doing this live. And he actually ended up playing that entire show and everything thankfully ended up working. But I respect that so much because, I mean, most people are just going to do tracks for something that big. They're going to play it safe. And I understand that. You don't want to have any huge malfunctions or your mic cut off or something like that. I mean, I'm sure The weekend. I think he's doing it this year. I think it'll be a good performance. His new album was pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, the Prince one is still my all-time favorite. I mean, that was such an iconic Super Bowl performance. And when it was pouring down rain and he was doing Purple Rain and they had everything lit up purple, I mean, you can't top that, in my opinion. You can't. You just can't. Like, that is one of my top favorites, too. And it's very ironic that as he was playing Purple Rain, the rain just – it was raining in Minneapolis. It was Miami. Oh, oh. there? Yeah, the no, it was Miami. Was, yeah. Because it was the Saints – no, it was the Bears and the Colts. Yes, and it was outside. So I don't know why I got Minneapolis from, but anyway, it definitely was. was yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, Jared, do you have a favorite commercial? Man, the thing is is that most of my Super Bowl experiences, at least the past five or six years, maybe longer than that, are just usually a blur because <laughs> my church, what we would traditionally do is that we would have all of the youth go over – and we would watch the Super Bowl and some of the parents would stay. And I would end up, I was the one that would always just explain what is actually happening in the football game for those that are fully paying attention to it and just kind of hang out with the parents in the past few years and just kind of enjoy it with all of the kids at my church, which is fun. So yeah. I, I never really got to pay attention to all of the great commercials. But I know that the Doritos ones that have been out recently, those are hilarious. And I want to say there was one with Ozzy Osbourne and Justin Bieber in a commercial like 10 years ago-ish, somewhere <laughs> around there. That was a Super Bowl commercial. I vaguely remember that, and I feel like that, that, one, that one was really funny. You may be right. I cannot confirm or deny. Um, I think uh, my mother just wrote in and said the Larry Bird, Michael Jordan – uh, nothing but net competition. Oh, I didn't yeah, that's iconic. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, sounds like the wife just got home. So, um, but anyway, um, I don't know of really iconic Super Bowl commercials other than those. Budweiser, the the, the frogs and Budweiser is definitely iconic. Um, I mean, you can and the Clydesdales—they've come to Western before. Have they really? Oh, yeah, they do that every year for, like, opening weekend, like the first football game usually for uh, Western, like usually in August, early September. Yeah. Wow. Did not realize that. Uh, but anyway, the uh, guys play on Friday and Saturday, so do the girls. Um, sorry, let me pull these up real quick so I can get these out, these uh, times and stuff out for you. 
Um, no COVID positive test. I actually want to see this play this weekend. Yeah. Stay away <laughs> from Jared's head out. Please. Yeah. yeah. Don't go near yeah. it. Alex, that was our joke last week that uh, uh, Jared's uh, cutout was, gave uh, Mr. Hilltopper COVID, so. <laughs> That's terrible. But also, that makes me want to go get a random cutout of me to just kind of even up everything. It's like, all right, here's the seating where pretty much everyone has COVID. Everyone did not. If you do not want COVID, stay away from this bubble. See, I want to take my cutout after I get it at the end of the season and just show up to work one day and just sit it where I would normally be on bar and just walk out. <laughs> So basically like a SpongeBob episode? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, so the men play um, uh, 7 p.m. on the 5th at FAU, uh, and they play at 4 p.m. Uh, on the 6th at uh, – at, at 4 p.m. At, on – excuse me. On February 6th, the men play at 4 p.m. at FAU. And then, of course, women is going to be the opposite. They're going to be at home on the 5th, 7 o'clock. And then they play on the sixth at seven p.m. as well. So make sure to follow that. You can listen to the IMG Sports Network, and uh, I don't think it's on TV or anything. I didn't see anything like that. Uh, excuse me, I didn't do a lot of show prep. So if you would uh, like, share, and subscribe to the episode, we appreciate all your support and all our listeners. We've got a full house tonight. It's good to see all you listening. Um, Make sure to share the episode with your friends and family. We appreciate that. Uh, and and support Western sports because uh, we love Western. And we hope you all do as well. Those that do or do not watch. If you don't like sports, maybe you can watch Western and, you know, maybe start liking sports because they're kind of an underdog team. So, um, Jared, uh, check him out on the Tower Rack. He's got lots of articles coming out. He's done a Conference USA uh, UAB is a paper tiger article and yes. uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex is writing some for us and doing some good stuff uh, yes. when he's not working second shift. Um, yes. But as always, guys, hold on. I've got to get my go tops. Go tops. <laughs> you and your sound effects. I swear. 